Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo. <laughs> find us <laughs> they will ruin our sound ruined <laughs> listen they will ruin our sound speaking of ruined sound <laughs> i guess it's not sound really well there's sound involved there's sound involved yeah uh we're talking about color out of space which is mostly visual <laughs> quite i mean it's got spooky sounds all right well okay. here we go it's about color out of space our second nicholas cage film yeah I'm pretty pumped he's a wild man He's a, yeah, I, I have notes wait. about him. I know. <laughs> I have a favorite moment with him. All right, all right. I can give you a few facts. Yes, please. <clears throat> this movie was made in 2019. Mm-hmm. It was directed and co-written by Richard Stanley. Uh, also made Hardware, Dust Devil. Uh, he was the original director for Island of Dr. Moreau, but he was fired early on due to creative differences. <laughs> that always bodes well. I know, right? I'm like, mm, good to know. <laughs> Uh, but so it was written by him, and then it was also co-written by Scarlett uh, Amaris. I think it's Amaris. Um, also made Blood Bags, Replace, the theater, uh, and the Theater Bazaar, which I think is a collection of shorts. Mm. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, yeah, and then the cinematography was Steve Annis. Uh, the n- movies that he's done was I Am Mother, Kissing Candace, and tons and tons of music videos. Huh. Just like so many, like famous ones, like oh. very big music videos for very big artists. And I was like, all right. Seems like that's kind of like what he does for the most part. And then like a few horror films here and there. Um, And then the music. The music was by Colin Stetson. He is a saxophonist. And he's known for collaborating with Arcade Fire. Okay. How do you say Bon? Is it Bon? It's not Bon Iver because I've said that. Thank you. Uh Bon Iver. Because every time I say the name, everyone goes Bon Iver. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Someone will tell you you're wrong no matter what you say. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. So Bon Iver. Yeah. Uh, Bell Orchestra. And XI, apparently. Mm. Okay, well, I love Arcade Fire, so this is exciting. So he's a saxophonist for those bands. He collaborates with them often, apparently. Uh, But he also did the music for Hereditary. Oh. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, this makes sense. Wait, the new one? New one, I think. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, one of the remakes, one of the something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, Hereditary, I was like, I see. I was like, I I see now, because it's like a mix of some music and then just spooky fucking sound. Just sound. So I was like, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. This part threw me off. Um, do you want to know what the budget is? Well, they had to pay for Nick Cage and some colors. Right. Um, 20 million. Six to 12 million. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's really low. Six to 12. I so, guess they were like, well, Nick Cage is bankrupt, so he'll take whatever he can get. <laughs> right. <laughs> At this point, they were like, all right, <laughs> we're good. We're good. Um, yeah, only 6 to 12. Didn't we say that it was most likely for, like, that includes marketing, and that's why it's 6 yeah. to 12, usually? Um, but do you want to know how much it made? Let's go with 20 million again. 1 million. That's it. <laughs> I was, like, surprised by the first number, and then I saw that one, and I went, another surprise. <laughs> how many different ways can I be wrong today? I, one <laughs> Two <million>. so far. <laughs> Just 1 million. I was like, huh. Because when we had it at the theater I worked at, it was relatively popular because it was, one, Nicolas Cage, yeah. and two, I mean, it's an adaptation yeah. of 
um, HP Lovecraft. Lovecraft. So obviously people were like into it for like multiple reasons. So it was like, I wouldn't say selling out, but it was consistently like doing well. Yeah. Huh. But I guess maybe it didn't stay long and maybe it only went to like independent theaters or something. Honestly, it seems like one of those movies when you look at it, you're like, oh, that's an art house thing. I'm not going to watch it. Like it doesn't seem to have like. Looking just at, I didn't see the trailer, but the cover, you're like, oh, that's for like smart people. And you just kind of like walk out. (laughs) But yeah, I always thought it was doing well, but Hmm. apparently it only went to a few theaters, I guess. Wild. Yeah. Didn't know that. And then I just have a few more little facts, because again, I couldn't find a lot on how it was made and like special effects and all that. I really wanted to find more about the creatures and stuff that are in it. Mm. Couldn't find a ton on the creature design, but again, I'll, I'll say what I've got. So the filming... It took place in Portugal. What? <laughs> what? Why? Yeah, it I was said like, in New England. It says filming took place in Portugal. <laughs> I was like, huh? <laughs> but okay. I thought you were going to say Portland. And I was like, that checks out. If I'm wrong, <gasps> please correct me. But that's what it said. And I was like, if I'm being pranked, that's hilarious. It's Portugal, New Jersey. Right. There we <laughs> Here's go. What you there we know. go. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Uh, okay, and then Richard Stanley's mother was a fan of H.P. Lovecraft, and he would uh, and would read stories to him when he was young. And then Stanley said, "Color out of space" has always been a part of his psychological makeup, which is concerning. Yeah, that's a little bit alarming, <laughs> right? I'm just saying that uh, now. And he says, when his mother su- uh, when his mother suffered from cancer, Stanley would read mm. Lovecraft's works to her. Um, so I was like, very sweet. But also, why is this one in particular part of your psychological makeup? Interesting, but okay. Sure. You know, I just, I'm worried. Are you, is he okay? I don't know. <laughs> Can't be. Can't be. <laughs> I don't think I could sum this one up. I'm terrified to try. Um, <laughs> a meteorite lands on a family's farm and brings them closer than ever. Oh. That was just <laughs> kiss. That was excellent. That one was good, right? I loved it. Thank you. Thank you, Slam Dunk, on that one for once in my life. I did do the dunk thing. Kate doesn't. Kate's <laughs> laughing at me. Like, that's your like three point throw. That's not a dunk. <laughs> this is a nothing dunk. but net. Is there you go? <laughs> I hardly know basketball. <laughs> I love baseball. Don't make me laugh too hard. If I lean back too far, the fart chair will get me. <laughs> It'll come for you. I know. What is the real summary? Well, I nailed it, so it doesn't matter. Honestly, but... yours is better. Yeah. But this one is fun. Okay. Okay. Rotten Tomatoes. Mm -hmm. After a meteorite lands in the front yard of their farm, Nathan Gardner and his family find themselves battling a mutant extraterrestrial organism that infects their minds and bodies, transforming their quiet rural life into a Technicolor nightmare. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's true too. Okay. The Technicolor light. The Technicolor nightmare. Lightmare? Light. I mean, yeah. (laughs) It's a lightmare. It is a lightmare. Oh, it's 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 terrifying. I liked this a lot, actually. It was enjoyable. Yeah, like it was weird. It gave me, it gave me the vibes of Annihilation. If Annihilation was just buck fucking wild, if it was, it's like a marriage of Mandy and yes. uh, Annihilation. So like, if you took the absolute absurdity from basically Nicolas Cage, let's yeah. be honest, and some of the like jokes from Mandy, and then mixed it with like the very serious like intense you know sci-fi whatever from annihilation and then you married them together that's what this is oh yeah (laughs) it's interesting interesting (sighs) indeed (laughs) yeah i i like i liked it mostly because i had no fucking idea what it was about so i was like what could go wrong (laughs) i was like what what could happen yeah so many bad things 
like very purposefully I was like I want to know nothing about this going in and so as I was watching I was like you know making my predictions like okay well is is it just going to affect Nick Cage and he's gonna go axe crazy and he's gonna get everyone I was like oh no the whole family's included it's a game night so (sighs) it was a lot and I visually very beautiful oh so so cool I have a lot of notes about um some moments that kind of confused me that I was like I can't wait to bring this up to Kate and maybe she noticed as well we'll talk about it nice to say. but also little props to Kate for just giving me her content warning <laughs> just for Kate you texted me and goes hey just a heads up if you're gonna watch the movie soon um there's a praying mantis <laughs> I was like she has to know in my head I'm thinking like, oh my God, there's some sort of big monstrous creature that is a praying mantis. It was just a regular praying mantis that was pink. And at the time I texted you, I was not sure if it would get bigger. I hated it. It <laughs> popped up and I went, no, because I thought it was going to like, I thought it was going to like crawl into someone's head or do something really gross. No, it and- just had tentacle mouth going on. Yeah. It, yeah. My first note when that popped up was, I don't care what happens next. This is the scariest part. <laughs> And then I, and then later I went, okay, fine. <laughs> okay, checkmate. But fine. like, barely. <laughs> I Close. hated that praying mantis. So thanks for the warning. Of course. It, it, I saw something fly out of the well and I went, this is it. Yep. <laughs> I know what to do. As soon as I saw that, I paused the movie and I was like, hold up. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them so much. Yeah, I hate no. them. I only saw one for real over the summer, like once, but it was a nightmare. Kids were oh. like, oh, I was like, get away from it. I was like, no one get near it. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't use them as like a human shield. Oh, I know. The reason I didn't want them near it is because if they were out there, I had to watch and supervise them. And I'm like, I don't want to be near that thing. No. So I was like, everyone inside. <laughs> we're done. Yep. Yep. I hate them. Okay. I have no fucking idea what you're going to do. I I can try to give it a guess, but I, I, I really don't. Um... <laughs> you're just like, I got <laughs> Colors within horror. I almost did that uh, because I did watch a video by Hank Green. Yeah. Uh, he is the like SciShow mm-hmm. on YouTube and he has a video on how magenta is a made up color. Um, like how it doesn't actually exist yeah. because of like the way our rods and cones work and like spectrums of light and like mm-hmm. overlapping with different types of rods. Yeah. He explains the science. I'm just like, magenta's not real. Interesting. And so it was interesting that they chose magenta because it is right. a fake color. Yeah. Color out of space. Like spectrum wise. Interesting, but, but what did yeah. you do? This week, yeah. I wanted to get to the ultimate question at the end by taking a trip back through time to oh look boy. at the source material and the broader literary movement. Woo! Because I am originally, at heart, a literature nerd. I wondered. So, I was like, this is based off... I didn't say that in my notes. This is based off a, a short story. Ta-da. Yeah. But it's a short story, right? Yes. Okay, good. I was like, I'm not wrong. Okay. Yeah, he mostly wrote short stories, mm-hmm. uh, poems, and novels. Mm-hmm. So... I also feel that any movie where Nick Cage is involved, I have to like tiptoe around the edges because I cannot unpack it all. Like I cannot dive in. It is something I am not capable of doing with Nick Cage. <laughs> That's why it's like, I've seen Willy's Wonderland maybe seven times, but. So many. I don't know if I could ever write anything about it. He's I just a, he's can't. a wild man. There's a lot there. A lot. <laughs> and so I'm just like. I'm just gonna not. I'm gonna not look at Nick Cage for now. I kind of like he's standing in the corner, looking at you, side. like Kate. And I was like, like, I can't see. I, you. I can't see. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not right now. Do not engage. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to look at the type of horror specifically mm-hmm. showcased here, and to do that, I need to go back to the 1920s. Oh, yes. 
Uh, as you mentioned, adapted from H.P. Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. And short story of the same name, but spelled with a U. Because yes. he was um, one of those English, people. British, <laughs> from there, somewhere. Yeah. He's one of those people. One of those people. <laughs> <laughs> he puts an old U in some words. Uh-huh. His favorite way to spell color. <laughs> Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There's like a different tenor to the word when there's a U in it. It's favorite. It's like color. Color. <laughs> the color out of space. <laughs> I don't think that's it at all, and yet here we are. <laughs> uh, so there are some differences from the source material, which we'll get to in tropes, mm-hmm. but the broader subgenre elements remain the same. Mm-hmm. So let's start off with what is the subgenre in question. It's been called Lovecraftian horror and is often used interchangeably with cosmic horror, mm-hmm. and I prefer cosmic because yeah. Lovecraft was a piece of shit human. Yeah, he was. A garbage. <laughs> I wanted to say that in my notes, but then I was like, Kate, I'll get there. Oh, <laughs> I was boy, like, don't boy. even worry. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about his work and legacy, but I'm also going to point out his massively violent rhetoric and beliefs. Oh, he's a horrible person. And I am, like, not one of those people that's like, you can separate the art from the artist. No. And it's like, you can look at his work. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spend my time praising him. And I'm not going to say, like, we have to, like, forget his horrible racist violent views and, like, appreciate. No. No. I'm going to say that he had a big influence on the genre. Yeah. Sucked as a human. Real real bad guy, guys. (laughs) Jesus Christ, I hate him. (laughs) So bad. So I want to focus on the way that his work impacted literature and how Mm -hmm. folks have responded to that and worked through it. Yeah. So uh, if you want just like a general summary, Wikipedia has you covered. Mm -hmm. So quote, Lovecraftian horror, sometimes used interchangeably with cosmic horror, is a subgenre of horror fiction and weird fiction that emphasizes the horror of the unknowable and incomprehensible more than gore or other elements of shock. Mm -hmm. It is named after H.P. Lovecraft, blah, blah, blah. His work emphasizes themes of cosmic dread, forbidden and dangerous knowledge, madness, non-human influences on humanity, religion and superstition, fate and inevitability, and the risks associated with scientific discovery. Um, They can also be found in other media, so like horror films, horror Mm -hmm. games, comics. Like there's... um, Chaosium has a Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, game. yeah. So like it's it's everywhere. It really yeah. There's yeah. a lot. So if we're saying like okay, these are the main things that are part of cosmic horror. Like what are the elements that you'll see mm-hmm. across them? I want to get a little bit more specific. So according to the Lovecraft fandom wiki, which I spent very little time on, <laughs> I was like, what a scary place to be. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to spend too much time here. <laughs> Uh, there are seven major elements in cosmic mm-hmm. horror generally. Yeah. So not just like, this is what Lovecraft covered, but like across the genre, yeah. these are things that appear mm-hmm. a lot. First one is anti-anthropocentrism. So anthropocentrism is like anthropos is human and centrism is like how we view. So that's not the, that wasn't the translation. It's just how it connects to the other things. So yeah. like, do we view humans as the center of the world? Do we view everything as revolving around them? Like, how do we understand our place mm-hmm. in the world? Okay. And so anti-anthropocentrism is not about developing individual characters. It's more about engaging with the perspective, perspective of humanity as a whole and highlighting our insignificance. Okay. It is not about, like, humans can do these great things. It's like, we are ants on a log in a swamp on the vast continent inside of this. And, like, eventually you get to the universe and you realize just how small we are. Oh, my God. What what movie did you do that thing where you, like, went through and this and that and it was, it destroyed me? uh, The Grudge. Oh. When you, you were like, and then there's this horror where it's about like a town being gone. And then you're like, and then you're like, did the universe even exist? And I had like a crisis. Oh, yeah. And it was like, a different type of apocalypses. That was it. Yeah. So when you was just there said, there? <laughs> and then you just did this and you're like, and all the way to the universe. And I was like, don't go there don't. again. I was like, I can't. I'm still reeling. Nikki's gripping the table. You can't see it, but they're like struggling. 
So that's like the first tenant. Yeah. Uh, next up is preoccupation with strange and unknown substances and textures. So lots of gooey shit. <laughs> he loves gelatinous textures. Texting, lots of gooey shit. <laughs> uh, typically. Sorry, gooey shit got me. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. You never expect gooey shit. <laughs> I chose violence. Okay. Typically, in Cosmic Horror, there will be less blood and more goo. But this movie has both. So, one time when I was little, and I was crawling under our porch to get something, something gooey touched me, and I think about that to this day. I don't know what it was. Probably a slug. No, it was hanging. Oh. And it hit my head. And I went, <laughs> So when you said gooey shit, I went, it works. It's a true yeah. horror element. It yeah. really works, because I ran and never went back under our porch. Yep. Cage has that moment where he's in the shower and he sees was... and he just fucking picks it up like a dumbass. That's one of my favorite moments. Yeah. He just picks it up and goes, <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, would you pick it up? This is how you die but in a I horror film. I would pick it up, but I would. I'd be like, what the hell is that? I would grab it with like things. No, I would absolutely use my bare hands like a monster. He did it and I went, yep, fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Amazing. Uh, okay, so that is one of the tenets is a lot of gooey shit. Uh, and then abominations, mm-hmm. things that we cannot explain with science and really just can't comprehend at all. And sometimes they're gooey. And sometimes they're also gooey abominations. Yeah. yeah. You can really, like, overlap. I like it. Yeah. They're it's not nice. all, like, discrete right. elements. Next up is old-fashioned or Victorian writing style. He loved mm-hmm. to write like he was a medieval monk. He would use archaic spellings, anachronistic phrases. Like, even though at the time of his writing, scientist was the descriptor of the phrase, he would say men of science. Uh, and that was like the double bang for your buck of sexist right. and also archaic. Uh, and <laughs> Woo! Two birds, one stone. <laughs> uh-huh. And I feel like his, I don't know if I'm unique in saying this or if I'm like off base or whatever, but I think that that manner of writing specifically at his time and with his other beliefs was meant to alienate and elevate because he very much viewed the English language as superior. Right. And he thought that, like, Americanisms were destroying the language and that, like, old Mm -hmm. is best. Like, he was very conservative. And so it's, like, using those terms is also a way of saying, uh, what about the good old days? (laughs) Oh, my God. When we could get away with more atrocities, you know? Yeah. Such a shitty person. Such a shitty person. (laughs) So that's my interpretation of the way he used language. Yeah. Uh, then there's also detachment. Mm. Most of his stories took place in rural New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted his protagonists physically isolated as they became mentally distanced as well. Mm-hmm. And across the subgenre, folks will plop their protagonists in rural areas with some manner of academic interest, such as astronomy, literature, botany, whatever. And generally, those interests are what take them down the deadly world-bending path they end up on. You thought you were just looking at plants, didn't you? I thought. You fool. I thought just maybe this one time. <laughs> oh. No. Sad, sad. <laughs> I was gonna like say more, and then I was like, "Yeah, sad." sad. sad. <laughs> I'm sad, sad. Oh, I th- we'll get to it. I'm not even gonna tell you right now. Uh, okay, so unanswered questions or only partial answers. Mm-hmm. This is like the thing about cosmic horror is that we are so tiny and insignificant. How could we ever hope to understand the vast strangeness of the universe? Bonus points if the act of trying to understand leads you to lose your mind. And then that's where we get to the last component. Yes. Uh, the fragility and vulnerability of human sanity. <laughs> Humans are characterized by this drive to understand and discover, but what happens when we realize that we're the, uh, when we're the teeny tiny we're the speck of dust in the broader universe? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, what if the universe is more expansive, 
than our tiny minds can hold? <laughs> what if we imagine ourselves as conquerors of knowledge and the unknown, and then we are broken because we are not? <laughs> uh, oh so that was like a huge thing. It's just yeah. like sanity is fragile. And that's why in uh, Call of Cthulhu, the mm-hmm. tabletop RPG like system, right, sanity yeah. is mechanic. Your sanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Lovecraft, going back to like him specifically briefly, uh, he wrote poems, short stories, novels. His active years span from 1917 to 1937, so about two decades of like mm-hmm. publishing. Right. Uh, during his lifetime, he was mostly unknown. Uh, his work was just in pulp magazines like Weird Fiction, and his work never brought in enough money that it supported him financially. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and then just like a quick detour to talk about Weird Fiction, mm-hmm. because I saw this and I was like, I think I know what this is, but I wasn't like super familiar with yeah. the term. So it's a subset of speculative fiction that said our insert monsters here are different and 10 times weirder. So like sometimes our vampires are weirder. Our werewolves are weirder. But you think you got werewolves? We got the weird ones. Like, look at this. Hey. Uh, so it either radically reimagines like what this creature could be mm-hmm. or it completely writes them out. And it's like Dracula is cool, but what if it had more tentacles? <laughs> Uh, it's actually like a thing as they call it like tentacle fiction or like tentacle monsters or something like it is because you know goo shit right yeah they want more slime and they yeah. want those elements that are not included in more traditional right. movie monsters so they either introduce their own monstrous antagonists or offer a radically different interpretation of those trademark monsters and trademarked monsters mm-hmm. uh, it came about in the 19th and 20th centuries and that's where we can like plop H.P. Lovecraft Interesting. Yeah. So Lovecraft's weird fiction, uh, his work established a literary movement, the Cosmicism Literary Phil- Philosophical Movement. <sighs> Philosophy always gets me. I was going to say, I was like, that's a hard one. It's a bad word for me. That's a bad word. <laughs> uh, so if you want a pithy summary of the core tenet of com- Cosmicism, mm-hmm. that's also a hard one for me. <laughs> this cosmicism. Just, this is just all like the words one. Kate can't say. Up next is Railroad. <laughs> World War. <laughs> I really struggle. World War. World War Railroad. <laughs> rural Durer. I almost said Rural Durer. <laughs> Wiki has you covered if you want a pithy summary. Yeah. The philosophy is thus. Quote, there is no recognizable desi- divine presence, such as God, in the universe, and humans are particularly insignificant in the larger scheme of intergalactic existence. Ugh. Yeah, so that was... The Cosmicism Literary Philosophical Movement. Oh my god. Generally. So what a sentence. Building on that, yeah. the biggest theme developed and explored within Cosmicism is our fear of our own insignificance. When we finally realize that we're small. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to like have the protagonist know like just exist in a like we know they're small, but when they're like, oh, when they realize they're I'm small. <laughs> yeah. Uh like when we realize we cannot comprehend the space around us, that's when we fear and yeah. when you just start to crumble. Oh. Yeah. So Lovecraft's influence was largely mm-hmm. felt after his death. And from what I found in the 1960s and 70s, academics picked up his work and started kind of a revival. Mm. I hesitate to like call it a revival yeah. because it wasn't ever like, he was big and then he died and it went away. It was just right. like, he was published in like a it small wasn't... circle of literature, like just weird fiction magazines, right. basically. He was not well known. Interesting. Uh, so some academics were comparing him to Edgar Allan Poe in terms of importance to English literature, another hmm. creepy fella. Um, yeah, Stephen King has referenced Lovecraft as one of his biggest influences. And I mean, they both love to set things in the fucking what rural is it? New England. Yeah, yeah. I was like, they both love it. Yep. Uh, so funny. King says that anything in the horror genre written after Lovecraft was in some way influenced by him. 
he basically says like there is no way to look at any horror after Lovecraft and say that it wasn't in some way influenced by his work. Interesting. That's what King says. Yeah, that's what he says. Uh, on the film side, John Carpenter and Guillermo del Toro report being inspired by his works. Okay. Yeah. Uh, his legacy also stretched to the literary award realm in very icky ways. Ugh. So this is where we get into, like, who he was as a human. Oh, good. There he go. was a white supremacist. Like, just very, like, Ugh. he just was. Like, that's not contested. <laughs> right. Uh, in The Rats in the Walls, he named a cat a racial slur. Oh, my like, God. Like, the name of one of the cats was just a slur. Uh, he always depicted non-white characters negatively in the stories and he was very vocal about his racist views like i'm not going to say any of the words obviously right. and i don't want to like elevate his work no yeah but it was very clearly and violently racist god yeah despite this from 1975 to 2015 mm-hmm. The physical trophy for the World Fantasy Award winners was a cartoonized bust of Lovecraft's head. It was like this elongated version of his face. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in 2015, after a petition to have it changed, they finally fucking stopped handing out busts of a white supremacist as an award. I cannot believe that that was just the award. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was after there was a petition signed by 2,500 plus people. 2,500. I was like, I can say numbers. <laughs> uh, so people were like... We should instead have a bust of Octavia Butler because yeah. she was a black feminist writer in speculative fiction mm-hmm. and just like incredible. And they were like, we should like emphasize her contribution yeah. and like the contribution of writers of color instead of elevating the status a of a white dead supremacy. white supremacist. Yeah. Huh. Jesus. The bust was started by Daniel Jose Older, who was nominated for best editor of a speculative fiction anthology. So like he was within this community it wasn't yeah. just like he was looking across the field and he's like i don't like what they're doing i don't like that no he was like very much involved Good. and so he wrote a petition and one of his comments to like a news uh, outlet was quote if fantasy as a genre truly wants to embrace all of its fans and i believe it does we can't keep lionizing a man who used literature as a weapon against entire races writers of color have always had to struggle with the question of how to love a genre that seems so intent on proving it doesn't love us back we raised our voices collectively en masse and the world fantasy folks heard us today Fantasy is better, more inclusive, and stronger because of it. Woo! Yeah. And there are also, like, I think at one of the um, award presentations before it was changed, like, the trophy was changed, Mm -hmm. there was a writer who was like, it's really awkward for me to accept this because I am so proud of myself. Yeah. But I'm holding this person's likeness. And it's, like, this is dimming a moment because I can't be ecstatic. Yeah. And then, like, I, oh, shit, I was going to look up how to say her name, but, like, I didn't actually end up putting the story in my notes, so yeah. I didn't look it up. Uh, she's a Nigerian-American writer. Mm. Nnedi Okorafor. Mm. Uh, it's N-N-E-D-I. Mm. And I'll look up how to say it. Like, I'm going to have her stuff in my show notes. I've also read one of her trilogies, Binti. Yeah. Really good. But she won an award, I think, in 2011. Mm-hmm. And uh, she has a blog and she wrote about how uncomfortable she was when, like, she was looking at this bust of Lovecraft mm-hmm. that she has as, like, one of her, like, crowning achievements as a right. writer. And it's someone that had just awful horrible, <laughs> writings. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. And it, so she's like, it's really hard to, like, see something that I'm proud of that is at the same time paired with this legacy of violence. God, that's so hard. Yeah. So that was a longer H.P. Lovecraft detour than I anticipated. <laughs> so like, let's trace our way back. <laughs> As I was writing, I was like, oh, I, I went back. <laughs> so I'm going to work our way backwards to the point. Lovecraft's work was hugely influential in the genre of speculative fiction, specifically the subgenre of weird fiction. 
He largely focused on humans as insignificant compared to a monstrously huge universe filled Mm -hmm. with incomprehensible creatures. Yeah. The subgenre of horror that his work carved out can be called cosmic horror. The major elements of that are anti-anthropocentrism, preoccupation with weird fucking textures, abomination, uh, detachment and isolation, unanswered questions, and the fragility of human sanity. That last bit really translated into this work. (laughs) So my area of focus for the film isn't so much, like, what did the film do differently than the, like, short story? Because I haven't read Lovecraft. Right, yeah. I don't really plan to. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it's not like, how is it different? But when we look at the intentions of that genre, what does it mean to retell it now? Yeah. So, like, what does that story mean when it comes out in 2019? It's pre-COVID, but posts a lot of shit. Right. So, like, the director said in an interview with the Austin Chronicle, quote, I needed to make it relevant to contemporary issues. While there's going to be humor in there, it's going to be something you should never really laugh at. You can laugh with it, but the ultimate threat, the thing from the outside, is something that's so implacable and awful that I knew I had to make it relevant. I knew I couldn't keep it in the 1920s, that it had to be repositioned into the 21st century in a way that would represent a clear and present danger for the younger generation and the Mm -hmm. generations to come. Mm. I think that with global warming, climate change, and the Trump administration, we're in an age when those issues are closer to the surface. And I do find Lovecraft's work more popular and cogent right now than ever before. How does it feel (laughs) to have our current climate circumstances positioned within cosmic horror? I don't like it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't like that people are looking at actual things and going, oh, I could make a horror movie based on that. Uh-huh. I'm like, <laughs> not good. When the ultimate arc of cosmic horror is toward tragedy and insanity, what does it mean to position it as a representation of our current struggles? Bad. So that's what I, like, just really wanted to ask. And I was like, it doesn't feel good. No. Not ideal. <laughs> Less than great. Yeah. 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 So now that I've ruined your day. Yeah. That's society. Uh, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> That's rough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of assumed it, it was kind of going in that direction, especially like at the end, you know, I'm not going to drink the water. I'm not going to do this. Like I wouldn't, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like it's positioning fucking go water as like such a I focal know. point. And it's like, oh, right now there have been simultaneously massive floods and horrific droughts. Yep. And like folks have anticipated that in the future there might be water wars. Like right. water is a substance that is going to cause problems right. and already has, actually. So and there, Yeah, there's already places who don't actually have clean water and stuff like that. Flint so it still like, doesn't have clean water. I know. So, so it's like, uh-huh. <laughs> water is a very, like, easy tie to yeah. climate struggles and, like, how we've been utterly failed by capitalism God. getting us to this point. Uh, so, like, water is just a very clear one. But, yeah. woof. <laughs> yeah. I, interesting. That's interesting. I'm sorry. I'm not- <laughs> it's like the, the 80s episode yeah. all over again. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> no, I like that, though. That was good. It was interesting. And I love any time I get to talk about how horrible H.P. Lovecraft was. That's a fun time. Because that guy's fucking sucked. Like, he sucks. He sucks so bad. Um, but now we can talk about horror. Even yes. though that was a horror in itself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, I enjoyed this movie quite yeah. a bit. Mostly... I think a lot of it came from not knowing what the fuck was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I think if I had known the story already, it wouldn't have been quite as good. Yeah. But because I had no idea what was going on, I was like, yeah, I'm along for the ride. So I had a good time. Um, I will start with my notes. Uh, I loved the sound. The sound design of this yeah. was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, when it starts, it has that music. And it's like, we, what did we watch that was similar to this? 
What were we just talking about where the sound was? was it, we haven't watched Hereditary yet, but there was something no. else where we watched the sound or watched the movie. And the sound was subtle music, but then just like sounds, like sound effects yeah. also, like with the music. Let me see. And it just freaked me out. Because in that like one, we've had a few movies where it's like sound was like such a huge yeah. thing. Well, Annihilation, Annihilation started with music and then just became sound, right? Um, but there there have been a few where like it's not just music. Yeah, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I love that. So in this one, they do that same thing where like there's music, but it's kind of subtle. And it's a little quiet, and then there's just like a weird sound in the background that almost sounded like a bunch of bugs crawling. It wasn't, but like that's just what it reminded me of. So immediately I was like. Ugh, yeah. I hate this. Um, but then you get to this like beautiful farm, and I'm like, oh, this. So it's like the sound was unsettling, but then like the setting was just so lovely. Yeah. So I was like, oh, oh, you've confused me. Um, they got me off guard right away. Uh, but then I said that first shot was so beautiful with the trees, yeah, because it looked like you were looking at it from underwater, the way they were moving. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I was like, do trees move like that, or? Am I looking at it from like a weird place or is this a reflection? I had no idea. Oh. And immediately I loved it because I was like, oh, it's supposed to look like, you know, like you said, it's supposed to bring like an otherworldly presence that you mm-hmm. don't understand to somewhere that you do. Yeah. So immediately I was like, where am I? <laughs> and like in a few of the images, there were trees that had very like severely bent trunks. Yes. And there's like a whole forest where they grow up a few feet. They like curve mm-hmm. northward and then they grow up yes. again. And it's like almost like a right angle. Like it's a it's lot. It's wild. And it's in Unsolved Mysteries, the William Shatner thing <laughs> right. on Netflix. Which is I hate that guy. But <laughs> it's not very good. No. <laughs> I have qualms, let's say. But they just like peppered in a few of those trees, you know? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I... It it was a really cool thing. The forest itself was just interesting the whole time. It always moved like that in certain shots. It would always just be like a little off. It's at Uncanny Valley again yeah. where I was like, it looks normal, I guess. But then like it would move a little bit. And I'm like, you're swaying too much. So the first shot was great. I thought that they already got you for the, you know, immediately. And then I feel bad because at first I thought <laughs> the girl in the beginning was doing some sort of like, I don't know, like D&D thing. Um, and I wrote, nerd alert. <laughs> Even though I played d <laughs> She was like, I ask of you. And I thought she was like acting out something. And I went, nerd. <laughs> and I mean, then I was like, oh, is she doing a spell? It would be the beginning of um, the labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I would have said nerd alert to her too. Yeah. So <laughs> I just immediately went, nerd alert. <laughs> and I never came back to fix it. I just went, I like the lighting so far. <laughs> So I stand by that, nerd. Um, But I like the lighting. I thought it was really great. It's like, obviously we'll talk about the lighting more, but it starts out so natural. Um, It's Mm -hmm. not like too saturated, you know? So it's not like that, I don't know, like in Mandy, I feel like immediately it was like relatively saturated, even without the neon colors and stuff. Um, Whereas here, it just felt real. Like you were looking at like an actual forest that wasn't like edited to be like more green. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but I just liked it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, very warm lighting too. Um, I wrote, I like the lighting so far. It's very natural, very clear and pretty. I'm assuming that will be a contrast for what is to come. (laughs) (laughs) I was right. (laughs) Um, and then they have that moment on the porch where they're like, Nicolas Cage is like trying to convince her to, you know, do it. And, uh, (laughs) um, the lighting was just really pretty yeah like the lighting from the um lanterns was very inviting like Mm -hmm. i immediately wished i was there on the porch and like even though i couldn't actually hear 
much of what was going on underneath their conversation, I could assume there were like crickets and like there were fireflies and like, I don't know, yeah. maybe nostalgic again for a place I've never been. Yeah. Loved it. That was I some... thought that was great. They actually spent time like establishing the family as like mm-hmm. a unit. We'll get into that later because I have a term oh for the joined family. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but they spent like time establishing those characters and the connections between them. Mm-hmm. As you said, yeah. for contrast. Yes. <laughs> Which, it's like, even though I didn't know it was coming, I knew that it felt significant because of how good of a job was being done to, like, get me to love this family and yeah. understand their, like, issues together, but also how much they loved each other. Like, I was like, mm-hmm, okay. I see what you're doing. Um, and it felt so inviting. Like, the shadows, everything just felt so nice. Like, there, it didn't feel... Like, sometimes you see, a, like, a heavy contrast mm-hmm. and you're like, ooh, spooky. But with this one, because the lighting was so warm, I just felt like, oh, it's a nice night and they're lit so well under that thing. And then they would zoom out and show the house with all their like lights on. And it still didn't unsettle me. I was still like, oh, that's a nice house. Like if I saw that, I would feel like, okay, you know, I could go to them if I needed to, you know, go. So if I was lost, I'd be like, Mm -hmm. that's a house that would invite me in. Yeah. And then immediately you get this pink light from this fucking meteor. And I went, everything's bad now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's a beautiful color. I mean, oh, it's gorgeous. It's so pretty. But also, <laughs> I'm like, it's unsettling. Because again, that's not a color you see in nature. So I'm like, why is it here? And then, oh God, it's just so spooky. So I love seeing the pink light now contained in this meteorite. And then all the right light around it was still like really natural and warm. Mm-hmm. This is after it's landed and everything. Um, it's like, It's still inviting and warm, but then there's this, like, little thing in there that's just disrupting it all. Yeah. Which eventually spreads, Mm -hmm. obviously, but it's interesting to see it contained at first. Because you're still like, what a beautiful farm. That ain't right. Like, you know? Like, "Mm, I don't know about that one, though. (laughs) So, it's interesting. I liked it. Mm -hmm. That little off moment of, like, what's going on there? Um, Nicolas Cage's line on delivery on. (laughs) I can't even get it out. I laughed so hard. This is not not to do with horror. But when he's showing the kid how you milk the alpacas, and he's like, you have to be gentle with the uh, boob. Yep. <laughs> he says I, it. There's such a pause. Uh-huh. I, mm-hmm. was, I had the same note. Thank you. I was dying. You have to be gentle with the boob. <laughs> and boob. I was like, he's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, listen, you do have to be gentle with a boob. Yeah. Oy vey. So that was great. <clears throat> uh, then I said, I, I jumped around a lot because, like, again, I was trying to pay attention. But um, when the mom has to go to the hospital after she's cut her finger, which is a <laughs> terrifying moment. Finger carrots. Or oh. carrot fingers. Pick your poison, you know. Oh, I jumped around because I accidentally skipped some. Here we go. <laughs> uh, that was a haunting. I said that was haunting dinner's ready. Other hand up. That moment where yeah. she said, dinner's ready and her hands up. And she has just cut her fingers off without realizing uh-huh. it. Disgusting. And interesting because like I that's another moment where it's like it's not right you know but also it's like accidents happen so it's believable that she would like cut her finger yeah it's but, also weird because at first she was doing the proper technique mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. if it hits it hits your nails right but then all of a sudden she like cuts it but we don't see it so you hear it I think right you hear that like gross audio gore but you don't get, like, the moment of seeing her cut it until she has just done it. So you don't see any lead up that looks wrong. I don't know. But also, only the kid has seen it. Like, the little kid. Mm-hmm. Would you know his name? Jack. Jack. 
So Jack sees it, but no one else does. So of course for them, they're probably like, accidents happened. This is not great. She seems out of it. Yeah. But she also was sick before. So there's this like, is it unreliable narrator? You could say sort of, I wouldn't say unreliable narrator as much as like, I don't know. They're trying to give some believability to yeah. this so that way things still seem off, but not completely gone. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, she's been struggling. Yes. And like, she is struggling like emotionally mm-hmm. and she's like still trying to recover in a lot of different ways. And right. it's like, it is entirely possible that without a meteorite crashing in your yard and bring an abominable color into your right. life, you could be so distracted that and like you... down this traumatic path that you cut off your fucking fingertips. And then say dinner's ready yep. with the fingers that aren't there. Yeah. So that was an interesting moment because it like shows this descent, but like a believable descent yeah. where I was like, I don't know, maybe, maybe she's just out of it. I don't know. She's not. We all know. Um, and then I said that was haunting with the dinner. And then I said, scariest moment is the praying mantis. I don't even need to think about anything else. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I hated it. Um, but genuinely, that is a great moment, though, of like seeing all the flowers grow. I love the flowers and how he's like, do you plant that? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and it's. Anyone else, I feel like, would have been more concerned. I would have, at least. But I also would have been like, I don't know, maybe it's a wildflower? I Sure. Whatever. But the praying mantis coming out of that well with those pink lights. The pink lights are interesting and wild, and yeah. it's so cool to see. But then when that thing comes out, and he's just looking at it. Jack's been talking to the well for, like, what, two days now? Yeah. Again, would have been more concerned, but sure. Then that thing comes out. <sighs> Jack, get out of there. <laughs> Jack, that's not a good sign. Jack, this is what the kids call a red flag. Yeah, I have notes about Jack. <laughs> I can't wait to get to them. I'm very concerned for Jack. Well, well. you'll see why. <laughs> we'll get to it. I'm almost there. Um, also, <laughs> the misunderstandings on the phone calls and stuff. Mm. That was great. Yeah. That was so interesting. It builds this like tension between characters that yeah. you have like the sense of injustice around. Mm-hmm. You're like, he doesn't even know and he's just being mean. And then right. like... Yeah. I mean, like, that's what starts this whole, like, descent into being so horrible to each other for that brief period of time. Is that, like, she can't hear him. She's freaking out. He, she's getting no support. He can't hear her. All he knows is that, like, none of these things got done. He's stressed as hell. But there's so much miscommunication. And it's, like, painful to be on the other side of it. To be like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> I was just like, don't. <laughs> but... Oh, that was that was such a cool, I don't know, such a cool moment. Um, moment in the shower when he grabs that thing. Would have done the same thing, but his reaction is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and he just starts slapping his hand. I would have done it. I would have yeah. done it too. Uh, and the colors on the farm are so obviously different, and it's so weird that they're not noticing it's that. It's an overtaking of pink. Yes. Yeah. And it's like... Magenta. Yeah, but they don't notice it really. They don't say anything. They kind of are just like, things are weird. The grass is pink now. Yeah. I don't know why you're and worried. And I'm like what are you doing? <laughs> but it's so interesting that they don't care. Um, <laughs> oh, I meant to say when Nicholas Cage has that moment with his arm, which is really interesting where he's like scratching and he mm-hmm. looks at his arm. It's not right. And he just goes, mm. and he kind of yeah. just gives up because I think he's done and can't deal with anything yeah. else. My notes accidentally wrote, you can barely see his armpit. And you can tell it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> you should always be able to see someone's armpit. You should always be able yeah. to. Yeah, I think I meant arm. Um, but armpit, no, my notes. <laughs> I accidentally just started a new note that just says, hi. <laughs> hi. Haunting. <laughs> um, <clears throat> trying to see. Uh, suddenly those inviting, oh, they shoot 
uh, shoot, they had, there's a shot of the lights now mm-hmm. with the same exact shot from before where it's like a front view of the house with all the little lights on the house. And this time I hated it because everything around it is pink. Yeah. So it's like, that's cool. I just like that they had both shots the exact same, but mm-hmm. just the only difference is that pink and like magenta. And um, oh, I hate it. It was great. I hate it. I loved it. Yeah, hate it is a good compliment. Where I'm like, I hate it. Yep. Um, yeah, and he said it's so sinister that this life is so pretty and so eth- ethereal. I think is what I meant. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it's just so scary. It's like they all keep walking out and going, "It's beautiful, isn't it, Jack?" And I'm like, "No." That was like annihilation vibes, where it's yes. this beautiful thing, but it's not. It was gorgeous. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what made me think of annihilation so much is that it like it's so pretty, every bit of it, and everyone knows it too. Like no one's acting like it's not pretty. They're just like, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Um, and I do like moments you get with um, the guy in the woods, uh, Ezra. Yeah, Ezra's an interesting character. He is. He, I don't know. His, I don't understand how he knew so much and i'm assuming it's because he was hearing voices just like jack was is that what it's supposed to okay yeah he was listening to like the voices in the well basically that was it he's like listening to the ground and recording it yes, and he also yes. drinks a shit ton of the tainted yes, water he sure so. does he was interesting i he really that last moment with him freaked me out more than like any other moment maybe i don't know but i hated it for sure mm-hmm. um yeah, uh, da, 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 just trying to see. I got the got to talk about the lighting. Now I'll just talk about the fact that they are. This is the note I wanted to talk about with Jack. So now we get to the part where the light hits them. That's scary. Ooh, what's gonna happen? And then they're under this blanket, and I'm like, oh boy, his face is just in the couch. <laughs> and I'm like, where are they? Where could they be? And then they lift up the blanket, and they are fused together. And my note was, fuck, are they fused together? They were. That part freaked me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was unsettling. Mm-hmm. But here's the part that confused me. No one seemed to give a fuck about Jack. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so you noticed I, this too? Yeah. Well, that's like my note is like mom is like facing the family and then you just hear Jack crying <laughs> into the couch <laughs> cushion because they put his face in the couch. Yes. And not only that, but like there's a Lavinia's moment. Lavinia's the only one that mentions. She's like, sorry, Jack. I love you, Jack. I love you, mom. Barely. Yeah. Because she even says she's like, She's having a moment where she's holding her mom's hand. She's like, we'll get through this, mom. We're going to fix this, mom. And then he comes in with the gun, like, uh, on the, you know, when they're in the attic. She's like, what are you going to do? And then she goes, bye. Love you, mom. Sorry this has to happen, mom. And I'm like, there is a child attached to that, mom. What are you doing? Yeah. Nobody said anything about it. Nobody. She did say, I love you, Jack. Okay, okay. But she was the only one. And it was so brief. And it was once. And I'm like, no one else no really one else. said anything about Jack. No. I think the mom cared about Jack the most and everyone else was like, I guess that's yeah, mom's Jack's here, whatever. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's on purpose or like, it has to be. There can't be, I don't know. It seems weird to like just neglect a character like that completely without having some sort of reason. I think it might be like showing the degradation of the familial unit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just get to it now. Yeah. I called them the familial unit when they fused together. The familial unit. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So I just refer to them as the unit sometimes. <laughs> it's 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 like maybe because they were just becoming one, like it almost felt right to just, just refer to one of them or something. Yeah. Like this. Or I don't know. Like Jack is already being erased from right. your care. Yes. Because they like 
they never showed a lot of attention to him, but as they went down their own, like, real rocky roads, mm-hmm. they cared less and less yeah. about Jack, and it was more like, Mom's going to be pissed if we, like, lose yes. Jack. And so he was never their focus, but he became less and less of their focus as time went yes. on. Yes, and then all of a sudden he becomes fused to this character that they do care so much about, yeah. and it still was all Mom, Mom, Mom. Like, it was just wild to see, and I was like, there has to be a reason I can't, they can't just be ignoring this child for literally no reason. So thank you for explaining that. It's interesting. But yeah, that it has to be like, ew. It was just such a creepy like moment. The color took Jack first and it's like just right. pulling him away from their like yes. care. <laughs> it's like they just, yeah, like almost like their memories just didn't care about him. And it's like everything was just gone and it was just all about their mom. And, and man, did she look spooky as hell when her lips were gooey when he kissed her i was like i might just vomit like (laughs) that moment he did it so many times he was like and it was just like gross Mm. i wrote that i said slime kiss and i was like i can't handle like that's like 90s lip gloss nonsense thank you that's i was like that is some lip that little lip smackers the stringiness of melted cheese (laughs) it was like lip gloss the pink spit coming off her mouth when he kissed her so gross i was like i can't do this vile um, and then I wrote, so Nicholas Cage has officially lost it. And I'm like, I don't know if I wrote that because of the spit or what, but maybe. And then I wrote, Spider Mom with the baby. I hated that moment. The worst. Ew. It just like scuttles over. She's like, Lavinia. And I'm like, ah! He's like, feed your mother. I'm like, ah! I was like, do not feed your mother. I hated that. like, Mom's peckish. Get me out. Oh, God. Package, get me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hated it. Oh, oh God. I I just yeah, I mean, that's mostly my notes is that I just really loved love the colors and the contrast and I love the like setting up, like you said, the like how nice of a family it is, how nice the farm is. So that way when you lose all of it slowly it hurts. Oh, it sucks. You're like, oh no. Um and uh yeah, I think that's great. And the the end part with when everything goes down is probably my favorite. When like, what's his name? The scientist, the board, board. Okay, when he's walking and like bits of him are kind of staying, and like time is obviously being fucked with, and he's like walking, but you can still see the outline of like where he was and everything. Now that was fucking cool. I was like, that's amazing. He's and like vibrating out of space. Yes, I'm like, ah. it's like he's it's like he's in so many different places all at once and. It's got to just be wild, and that was really cool. And then um, there was one other thing. Was it? Um, oh, at the end when there's no color or any sound after everything has happened, and it's like this black and white big circle. So cool. It's like that fucked up color just took everything with it. Yep. It just drained, like leached all the color out. Yep. And you think it might be shot in black and white until you see Ward, and you realize right. that it's not black and white. Like there is color just not much and it's only him yeah it was so cool i thought that moment was so cool i was i was like oh that's so scary to see everything around it too to see how big of an area was affected yeah Yeah, i loved it and then that last line was amazing when he said it's just a color but it burns like oh it's so good oh yeah because it's true i don't know i was like out of all the things to be scary a color is not something you would ever be like okay whatever so i'm like i don't know they made it scary yeah. Good for them. Uh, I have, like, a lot of notes as I'm, like, going through. Yeah. It's just like, oh, shit, fuck, what? <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> uh, but the ones that I pulled out, because they just really stuck with me, are 
Everybody loves ducks. That was my That's favorite right. line in the whole movie. Everybody loves ducks. Uh, and then, like, there was a lot of nature imagery to, like, mm-hmm. showcase, like, the age. Like, they say at once at one point, like, elder forests and, like, oh, yeah. trees that are that big are just so old. Yeah. So fucking old. And so it's, like, a way of establishing that we are young, small creatures. Mm-hmm. But then it also was interesting because the woods have this, like, unknowable, like, strangeness to them. But it's not an otherworldly strangeness until the right. meteorite comes in. It's yeah. just this, like, garden variety, the earth is fucking weird. Right. Nature's strange and old and wonderful. Um, and then, like, expanses of water mm-hmm. can also be used to show that. Right. Um, because, like, holy fuck, that's a lot of water. Uh, one of my favorite things, though, was, like, repeatedly through the film, like, Lavinia talks about wanting Wendy's or something. Yes. And yes. Uh, she's like, I know all the processing, like, I know all the chemicals in it, and, like, they make comments about, like, growing their own food, mm-hmm. and, like, alpaca milk straight from the boob. B- and boob. Boob. And, uh, mbop, mboob. Mboob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they are so concerned about what they put in their bodies, mm-hmm. and they drink contaminated well water. And so, to oh, me, it's absolutely, like, I... And that I water looks... Like, is this ironic? Because, like, they're just like, oh, we don't put things like that in our bodies. Like, only, like, whole foods right. that are, like, and you know, like, no I like GMOs. Me. <laughs> and they're so intent on, like, being, like, the crunchy, like, mm-hmm. grow what you eat family type thing. But, right. like, the white version of it. Right. Where it's, like, very elitist. Um, I have thoughts. That wasn't right. to say that anyone that eats food that grows elitist. That's not my commentary. Right. <laughs> Their version, I had thoughts. Um, but they are so concerned about the substances that they put in their body and then their bodies are absolutely mangled beyond recognition because they drink the well water. I know. And like, because of other things, it wasn't just the well no, water, but, but it was primarily and through. And what does what he say? He's like, when he said like his dad, he's like, oh, his dad always says he's like cleanest or cleanest something. Cleanest water in the land or like cleanest yeah. water in the sea, like something yeah. like that. And it's like orange. Uh-huh. <laughs> when he was drinking it, I was straight up nauseous. When he was just like, boom, boom, boom. I was like, that is orange water. Ew. Yeah. Ew, ew, ew. And it's like their intense focus on like minimizing like GMOs and stuff. And then yeah. something from space fuses them together. And they're like, but you don't want mystery meat though. <laughs> you are mystery meat. Wendy's, though. <laughs> I know. He's like, you're the mystery meat. Oh, those the alpacas. The they were the all. That was so Oh, God, intense. the alpacas. I had in my notes from the beginning, I was like, oh, the doomed alpacas. Oh, 100%. I just like, I knew from the beginning, like, nothing good will happen to the oh, alpacas. Oh, when he kept talking about it, he's like, oh, straight from the boob. And then when he was like, oh, you got to feed them, make sure they're safe. Blah, blah, I was like, oh, they're dead. <laughs> I was like, those poor things so don't I know what's coming. The unit, the doomed alpacas, like, I just had my things yes. in my Same notes. with the dog, too. The dog, oh, I was like, that's yeah. a goner. Yeah, poor doggo. And the cat. Uh, and then my last note is when Ward is in... Like, he's at his campsite, mm-hmm. and technology starts being weird, and yeah. like, starts bending in weird ways. Before that, he takes a flashlight, and he goes into a dark forest. Very little light pollution. And I had this moment, and I was like, this is the this my scene in The Quarry, where you're walking, and you can't see shit, because the cameras are placed too close yes! to you, and at weird angles. It's like, this reflects the exact amount of light that was available in that cut scene that I had to walk through. In that through. game, oh god. It was so hard to see. It, oh, God, that was so hard to see. So hard to Game see. Game and in the movie. <laughs> yeah. 
And so I was like, oh, my frustration. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Oh. So those are my notes. Nice. Yeah. Those are good. I really, really liked every, I don't know. This movie was just weird. Even though everyone was like, just slightly over the top. I was like, I'm with it. I didn't mind. I was like, I'll take it. When he was like throwing the tomatoes in the trash, he's like, huh! and he's just fucking dunking them in. Yeah. I was like, had anyone else done this? I would have been like, what the fuck? But it was Nicolas Cage. And I went, yeah, that's how you throw tomatoes in the trash. That is how you do it. When he like has his really unhinged moments, mm-hmm. he sounds like Donald Trump. He does. And that was something that I like Googled after. I was like, am I just like sensitive Am I just, like, seeing wasn't something it, that wasn't there? People, everyone commented on okay, it. Okay, good. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean, it was just... And the mom, too. The mom, like, slowly unraveling was great. She was great. She, like, genuinely, like, gave me a fright when she was in the kitchen and he was slam dunking tomatoes. And she, she was like, I just need the internet! And, like, she was just getting so worked up. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to take a nap and I'm just going to lay down. And I was like, they are all not doing well. Dude. It was just so just watching them both have these moments and then for him to just go yeah that's a good idea like right after i was like this man is terrifying that man has an oscar (laughs) (laughs) he's also picking tomatoes and saying peaches and there were peaches at some point but i was like my dude those are tomatoes aren't they (laughs) like i was so confused just (laughs) that bite and then (laughs) it's like you gotta bite all of them huh yeah Oh God! It was it was a good moment. I just I I just he works for this movie. Like any other film, I probably like with Mandy made sense. With this, checks out. Any other film, maybe I'd be like, that's too much. Tone it down. But for this, I'm like, yeah, of course. Like of course. Yeah, they sure. have that in the article. With I'm trying to find the like quote, um, because it was about how mm-hmm. Nick Cage is just like the perfect person to do it. Yeah, like. Let me see. Anyone, like I said, anyone else acting like that would just seem fake. But for him, I'm like, yeah. Uh, so the Austin Chronicle, yeah. I was like, Chronicler? Chronicle? <laughs> Austin Chronicle said, there's something perfect about having Nick Cage in this because he's an actor who embraces an environment, is truly prepared to live in it, and is unafraid of any aspect of performance, whether it's physical or emotional or making the uncanny seem real. And the director said, he's not afraid creepy. Hmm. I think he's not afraid to be creepy or yeah. unsympathetic as well. <laughs> Nick's got a late and hard movie star look, and it's a joy to see him unleash on material that's dark. Uh, it's a very long way from the perception of him as an action hero or romantic lead. Like, I wanted him to play a weak, flawed individual who is utterly incapable of dealing with the momentous problem they've got on the farm. And I think Nick portrays the character's descent into madness really well. He brings so much energy and nuance, blah, blah, blah. He's our lead man, but he's not the hero of the movie. God, no. And I was like, that, yeah, you he really just... got him. He just, I don't know. Like, I loved him in this movie. Oh, yeah. When he's doing the interview and he's scratching all over and then he's screaming at his family, who let me wear that? Who didn't bring me a comb? What the fuck? And I'm like, my man, you did this. Like, you said these things. And it was so, like you said, it was just like Donald Trump of being like, this is everyone's problem, even Mm -hmm. though I did it. Mm -hmm. And it was just so, like, it was just terrifying to see. So, like, even before there were, like, horrors beyond my imagination, I was like, he's terrifying. Yeah. Because he's unhinged. He's unwell. Like, something is not going well for him right now, Mm -hmm. but it is everyone else's fault. And that's the scariest part, is that, like, you're going to lose even when he's the one fucking it up. Yep. And that was wild. Um, I just thought he was great. I thought the mom was really great, too. Yeah. Um, I thought everyone was great. I mean, I really... Jack, terrifying, sweet little boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I said some... I was talking to someone about the movie before, and I was like... His acting was too good in the moments when he was attached to his mom because I was, like, devastated. He was just like, 
And I was like, stop it. I was like, I'm, I wanted to just yank him and be like, it's okay. <laughs> that kid was good. It, it was great. And Ezra. That was Ezra interesting. Was yeah. His, his spooky thing at the end really got me. Like, because it's a recording, but he's there. And, and just the moment when he's talking to Warden, he's just like, you might find her, but you won't recognize when her. I was about to say literally that. That was like a chilling moment. I paused and was like, what does he know? What happened to G-Spot? Right. What does he know that like, that's the thing. It's like, he knows so much, but of course he's immediately like written off as someone you won't believe. Yeah. Oh, he's a different kind of guy. Oh, you won't, you know, you can talk to him if you want, but they've, they've already set him up as someone you shouldn't believe. Yeah. And then he says all these things that we know is true because yeah. we're like, yes, we know those things are happening, but Ward doesn't. So when he says that, yeah. if someone said that to me, I'd be like, the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. What does that mean? And, and then when he does find her. Oh, ugh. And the color just like prevents people from communication. It like fosters miscommunication. Right. It, like, prevents you from hearing on the phone. It prevents someone from, like, listening to right. you. It separates you so entirely that, like, communication just breaks down entirely. And so, like, even if he wanted to say, like, I saw my cat turn inside out. Wouldn't matter. Yeah. He wouldn't be able to say that. Mm-mm. But it's, but that's the thing, too, is that, like, he's set up as somebody already who, like. Unreliable. He wouldn't, would he say that anyway? So it's, like, he's, it's, like, he's not communicating well, but he never really did. So it's this, like poor ward who like has all this evidence in front of him but like the person he's getting it from is just someone he has never really been able to trust so it's like fuck that sucks like he had everything there to help him potentially but it doesn't matter now yeah and that part was so good you won't recognize her i was like why why won't he recognize her (laughs) i thought she was just gonna be pink and then i was like look it's it's an out (laughs) So oh, she was pink, sort of. Well, <laughs> it was wild. Ugh. Those are all my notes. I yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, quick note is that yeah. like you mentioned that the author like really loved H.P. Lovecraft. There yeah. are a lot of references. Like aside from the fact that it is literally an adaptation, right. there are a lot of things like naming a cat something very inappropriate. Right. This one wasn't violent racism, but it was named G Spot. Right. Uh, G Spot. G Spot. A pussy named G Spot. Uh, and then. That. Love it. 10 out of 10. Wow. Um, Ward. Uh, HP stands for Howard Phillip. How Ward. Oh. Yeah. So Ward's character is named after HP Lovecraft. An insult? Yeah. To one of the only characters of color, but okay. Yeah. Um, But there were a lot of those, like, through there. Right. Uh, The names that they, like, the town names that they name drop aren't famous names in some of his other works like right. the something over Innsmouth or something yeah. yeah so like there were a lot of easter eggs for other H.P. Lovecraft works or like yeah but. huh all right interesting I'm not surprised I mean makes sense he was a big fan yeah sure whatever <sighs> scariest moment scariest moment mm, do you know yours I think okay you go first I gotta I gotta like I gotta think. It's I think when I know. The unit becomes a spider unit and scuttles across the. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my moment. Yeah. Because, like, when suddenly it's like we saw that it was like eight limbed, but it wasn't really mobile. Mm-hmm. Now it is. And it, I was like, oh, it's gonna be a facial horror moment where, like, her face, like, just stretched. I was like, oh, there we are. Got it. Oh, there it is. Called it. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it got me. Got me. See, it's between, like, praying mantis i mean that's that's the scariest moment of honor because i hated it um it's between the the moment the reveal of the 
of Jack like being stuck mm-hmm. or the moment with Ezra in his house with the recording mm-hmm. um, because I his voice was really distorted. I'm going to go with that one because it was anything that's like audio related really freaks me out. I think because like that was what got me in Annihilation too was with the bear and the voice mixed together. Yeah. Things like that just freak me out when they're just not quite right. Like it, it's just like ugh, it's just off enough. And it's an apocalyptic log too. Yeah. So his you know he's you're hearing like basically this guy's like last moments what I can assume yeah. are and also it's going like up and down and up and, and it's like ugh, ugh, like it's but it's scary yes. because you see him so it sounds like it's coming from him. So already you're like, what's wrong with this man? What is going on? Why does he sound like this? Then you get the realization that like this man is dead and like we're hearing his last moments. So there's that double whammy and then his face turns into a bright light and he like kicks bugs basically. Yeah. So just, you know, a triple threat. Yeah, triple <laughs> He's threat. got it all. Yeah. Yeah. That moment just really haunted me. The way his voice sounded really freaked me out. Yeah. Yeah. He already just has a great voice for like, talking slow and yeah. like giving you information that comes off scary so when you mess with it i'm like too much <laughs> yeah agreed okay yeah. that was a really good one that was good oh that was spooky are you ready for tropes oh hell yeah okay so i broke these up into two pieces mm-hmm. so ones that are like more typical of cosmic horror and then ones that are just like you know normal. right um so the cosmic horror ones are trauma conga line <laughs> Where it's just, like, one fucking thing after another. Yeah. And it's the dad. Like, right. I mean, it's everyone. It's, it's everyone. everyone. Like, to me, Lavinia is, like, the one that we really follow emotionally. Poor Lavinia, man. But, like, she loses Jack and her mother. She loses her brother, Benny, because he goes into the well to find the dog. And her horse, And too. then she... And then the horse. Poor horse. And she watches her father get shot. So it's, like, Ugh. one thing after another can't catch a break. It's right. just, like, piling it on. No rest. So that's one of the things. Uh, body horror. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. This Checks is actually out. like one of those moments where it really is that. Um, let's see. The corruption. Oh, like okay. The spread of corruption. Yep. So it centers on the well and it spreads so outward. Cool. Yep. Uh, cosmic horror story. Like mm-hmm. the trope for the genre. Right. Or the subgenre rather. And then Eldritch abomination and Eldritch location. Eldritch yeah. refers to a lot of like cosmic mm-hmm. horror elements. And then the end. Or is it? Oh. Uh, because... Ward is like, I won't drink the water. And then you see the bug. The, I think it's the praying mantis again. It, I, yeah, I know. It flew by and I was like, you made it out? Great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Oh, Glad it's here. Oh, wow. Here. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Okay. Yeah. So those were like the yeah. ones that I pulled out. And then for, uh, fun for the whole family tropes, not yeah. just cosmic horror, bugs herald evil. They sure do. Exhibit. I mean, I love bugs. Just not praying yeah. mantises. Yeah. Blutter. Nope. Bloodier and Blutter. gorier. Uh, because the original work was not gory. Like, that's not right. a tenet of cosmic horror. It's usually about, like, squicky things. Yeah. But it's not about, like, blood and guts. It's like, ooh, slimy tentacles. Right. And this one was like, we can do both. <laughs> you asked? We can have we it all. Ask. We answered. <laughs> <laughs> we can have it all. I can have it all. You can have it all. We hate it. Uh, we sure did, didn't we? Yeah. And then this is one of my favorites. It's a cousin to the expository hairstyle change. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's the beard of sorrow. Uh, when we see Ward yep, years yep, later, yep. or however amount of time later, he has a beard. His beard, and I'm yeah, like, time has passed. Yep. He was wearing glasses to show that time had passed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, chewing the scenery. Mm. That's like when someone's like hamming it up. So it's obviously Nick Cage. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, cigarettes of anxiety. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ward's like. <laughs> uh, cell phones are useless. Yeah. It happened in a different way than usual. Usually it's yeah. like the battery died, you can't get cell phones. Right. Service. But this time it was just like being corrupted by. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not so usually scary. static that makes you vomit. So right. You know, not fresh. always. Sometimes, but. Sometimes. Uh, climate change allegory. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's a lot of strengths for this one, especially like in the uh, reservoir storyline. And one's... the way the mayor's like, I don't care about contamination. Yes. We already signed the contract. So I was like, oh, she's capitalist. Oh, okay. that mayor. I was like, you bitch. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> uh, and then this is where we got into like annihilation vibes. Uh, uh, so dangerously garish environment is where it's like super bright mm-hmm. and like, I almost said ebullient, but then I was like, I don't know if that's actually the word I'm looking for. But it's just like very vibrant. Like, and that's not good. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but horrible. Fingor. Mm-hmm. Finger-related gore. Yeah. Uh, you know, the finger carrots. Carrot fingers. Pick your poison. I don't know which we way. We all saw it coming, yeah. but it was the way she showed it. But I was like, <gasps> the hand up with the and three fingers. And dinner's ready. And I was like, it is not. <laughs> oh. uh, glowing eyes of doom. Mm-hmm. It's almost never good when someone's eyes glow. Right. Uh, I loved this one. And it was heel face revolving door. Because we have a heel face turn and a face heel turn. Yeah. And that's like when someone that was the bad person becomes good or the person that was good becomes the bad person. Right. What if you go back and forth rapidly <laughs> and people can't keep up? What's going on? You're Nick Cage in color yep, space. Yeah, you sure are. <laughs> I was like, he's horrible. Save them. <laughs> yeah, go dad. Hey, dad. No, stop. Dad, what are you doing? Oh, come on. <laughs> the whole movie. The whole movie. Uh, insult of endearment. When the siblings are just like, yeah, that's how they show they love each other. That's they call they, each other just, just awful they love names. It. Yeah, tragic keepsake, the compass, Lavinia's compass. Oh, I know. Uh, and then I didn't know there was a word for this, and it gave me so much joy. Oh boy, vertical kidnapping. <laughs> it's just a good old yoink from the above, where the tree just picks them off. Vertical kidnapping. And there's like, Whoop. because like this happens in horror films, and it's like, it does. Oh. And you're like, bye. <laughs> like, I hardly knew ya. Oh my god. So that was my favorite one. And that's the last oh, one. That was a great Thank vertical you. kidnapping is good. I like that. Oh god. Now we have to choose the rating scale. And I feel yeah. like this one is just right for the pick. We got so many. So many options. So many good peach tomatoes, you know? Yeah. So many good slime kisses. Slime kisses. Family units. <laughs> alpacas. God, vertical kidnappings. I'm writing oh this down because my brain is mush. <laughs> my brain is uh, goo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. goo brain. It happens. Goo brain indeed. I, oh. Do you have a favorite? What are you thinking? You asked me a question. I have no answer. Oh, no. <laughs> I, the unit is just like in my heart. Because like my favorite was either slime kisses or yeah, family units. That's what I was between. But family units is the whole movie, really. Yeah. So I'm like gotta keep them together yeah, right it's like oh we have a new familial unit oh i think it's gotta be family units family units okay <laughs> okay i i know mine i know mine i think I, i'm having a hard time I, i'm having i'm having a hard time okay i think i'm ready i think so too okay one two three yeah okay yeah yeah that, that makes sense mine was between so kate gave three and a half i gave yeah. four yeah i it was between three and a half and four yeah I'm only giving four because, like, my horrible qualms aside with this horrible fucking man who wrote, you know, the short film. Or, sorry, short story. Um, 
I do like this movie. Mostly yeah. it's so pretty. It reminded me of, you know, Mandy and like all the wildness from that, but also Annihilation, which you know is my favorite. Mm-hmm. So I just, I gave it four because it surprised me. I had no idea what the fuck was going to happen. Like I said, I think I would have given it less if I had known what was going to happen. But because I had no idea that this mom was going to turn into a fucking spider with her child attached and start, you know, asking for food. Yeah. Um, I would have been eh, not as surprised. Yeah. But it got me. Yeah. God, it got me. So four for me because beautiful to look at, but also surprised me. And I liked it. That was yeah. good. Uh, I'm giving it three and a half family units, mm-hmm. because which is fitting, because fitting. they really are. They uh, really are. Blunder <laughs> bits. Uh, so I'm giving it three and a half because I, like, until the last bit of the story, I found myself bored. Yeah. And I was like, this is a movie that could bore Kate. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, there were truly beautiful shots. And right. it, it was kind of funny because we both, like clocked that it had Mandy and Annihilation elements. Mm-hmm. The Annihilation elements are the reason I give it three and a half. The Mandy elements are the reason I give it three and a half. Yeah. Because, like, it got close enough to Mandy that I was like, I can't keep looking at the same image yes. for so long. Because Mandy was a fun movie. But yes. it also had parts where I was like, what? what's going on? I was like, what's going on? Trippy for trippy's sake. Like, I get it. Move on. You establish that in 30 seconds. Give right. Me a break. But they would stare they at would it. stare. And right. Like, I respect that it was like an artistic choice. It just wasn't one for right. me. And it's so, like I enjoyed this film. Yeah. I'd probably watch it again. But like I definitely felt like the beginning like three quarters was yeah. slower than I was interested in. Right. And I respect that it's a slow descent to madness. Well, not slow, but it's a descent right. to madness. It's not just like a quick drop. Yeah. But it's just not for me. Right. Um, but the elements that were more like annihilation were what I was really drawn in by. Yeah. Um, so like I thought it was a good film. I respect a lot of the choices. I don't respect H.P. Lovecraft. Nope. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. But yeah, it's just not my movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that's because we're the opposite where I'm like, I like the slow burns usually. Uh So the parts that were like, if it had been like Mandy where it was like this buck wild film, but they just stared in one spot for too long, I wouldn't like it. But because it had those Annihilation vibes where I was like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. I was on board because. Yeah. Yeah. The storyline and, like, the, like, weird fiction elements really held me. Yes. But, yes. like, it just teetered between the two. But it was, yeah, it was, yeah. like, I think yours is funny because yours is, like, it was more Mandy for me. And for me, I was, like, this was more Annihilation. <laughs> and I'm, like, yeah. <laughs> and that's why I'm, like, mm, I'm into it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like the slow, slow things usually because I'm, like, what's going to happen? <laughs> and that's when they get me with the scary stuff because I'm, like, you tricked me. <laughs> But yes, that's good. I think yeah. that's a respectable family unit. Yeah, that's seven and a half total yeah. family units. That's that's a good family. That's more than survived. That's <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> that's good though. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That wraps our discussion. That, that wraps wrap it. it. That wraps, wraps it. it. Just like a burrito. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that wraps up our discussion of the color of space. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed your time with us, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps other people find us. It's also just cool to see what you say. Hell yeah. You can rate us anywhere. Uh, Apple yeah. Podcasts is the one that like people really focus on, but anywhere you listen, rate and review. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Ghoul With It, where every Wednesday we'll post the movie of the week. Mm-hmm. On Fridays, we have a ghoulish weekend tip for you. And on Saturdays, we have the no context quote. We wonder great. what we'll choose this I, time. Yeah, I was like, there's actually quite a few. <laughs> there's a lot of options here. You can also check out our extended show notes on our website, justghoulwithitpod.com. Or maybe even take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash justghoulwithit. Do it. We'd like to take this opportunity <laughs> to thank our patrons. 
Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, and Brian. Woo! Oh, woo! Oh, I love those patrons. Our patrons are great. Are. Uh, what was the simul watch that we watched? Uh, it was oh. the Twin Powers one. <laughs> we, <laughs> we watched The Forest. The Forest. Yeah, we all we did a simul watch with our patrons where we watched like a movie on like Netflix party yeah. or whatever. We watched The Forest, and that one was rough. Yeah, it was a rough film, <laughs> but yeah. it's always fun when we all just like always fun. are like typing furiously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Good stuff indeed. So you could be in on that you could if do you it. join the Patreon. Uh, the intro and outro music was created by Anthony Roccazella. The cover art, it's by our very own Nikki Solomon. That's me. You want to join my family unit, Kate? I really don't. What if I launched myself <laughs> over the table? Like, and went, <laughs> <laughs> and <I just> like, <laughs> All right, that's it. I'm going to launch over the table now. Hi, Kate. <laughs> Big car, big car. Big car. <laughs> <laughs>